Sailing Yachts People with your host, Dennis Spears. The last day work of God. Many think that they are going to loot it simply by pre-tribulation rapture. The revelation of Jesus Christ that God gave him to show unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass and set and signified it by his angel under John and that is in the spirit of Elijah. Or Elijah must first come and truly must first come and restore all things. Jesus stated that in Matthew 17, coming down on the Mount of Transfiguration. He was transfigured before Peter, James, and John. Peter said, Lord, it is good for us to be here. Let us build three tabernacles, three booths, three Sukkots. One for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. And he was not what he said. He didn't know why he said it. But the truth that was to be revealed, that all these uh, miracles that will be done in the last day, latter reign of the Holy Ghost, will be a radical change than Pentecost. A, an abundance of glory that was not in scene in the embryonic church in Acts the second chapter. So radical a change that many that hold on to a Pentecostal faith will say, this is not God, it is not He. And because the radical change will be so much glory given to the saints of the Most High God as Jesus prayed for in John 17. Notice that Jesus in the days of his flesh, he's made himself of no reputation. He's working as an Adam, as our kinsman redeemer in under the law, not above the law, an Adam after the fall to redeem us that were under the law. What he did then, he's praying to the Father on our behalf. That before he goes to the cross, he says, Father, make them one, even as we are one. I'm in you and you and me. Let them be made perfect in one. And that where I am, there they may be also there and see my glory, the glory of God. But how do we see this glory? It's not through a prosperity gospel. Because the sufferings and the mortification of the flesh is essential to have and to take part in the glory of God, being made protectors of his divine nature. The only way to do that is not to be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's the only way we can prove the will of God. Each individual will on purpose of God done for each individual's life as it fitly is framed together by the Lord Jesus Christ and he compacts it, seals it. It's according to the measure of every part. Members in particular in each part will have a measure of faith that there be no chism in the body fitly framed together of which every joint supplies bone to bone and every joint supplies to the edifying of itself in love. The key to it is mortifying the deeds of the flesh and doing the will of God. The mind of Christ was, is what will happen to the body of Christ, called to be saints, sanctified, holy, both spirit, soul, and body, 
in Revelation 7 in the apocalyptic sealing there of the servants of our God in their foreheads. That sealing in the servants of God is full-grown fathers, not newborn babes, not little children, not young men, but fathers that have known him that's from the beginning. Those are the ones that God will entrust with the word of God to proclaim the revelation of Jesus Christ in and through the body of Christ. And his glory will be revealed in and through the saints and ultimately consummate in the second advent of our Lord Jesus Christ when he comes to be glorified in his saints because our testimony among you were believed, Paul stated in 2 Thessalonians 1. Now to have that mind of Christ, to have that sealing in Revelation 7, we have to have this mind that was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, Morpha, being the Spirit of God, the Father of glory, the Word, the Holy Ghost himself, El Shaddai, the Elohim, the Lord Jehovah, the Tetragrammaton, the Allah through the top, every attribute of God Jesus is and always has been. Being in that form, there, thought it not robbery to be equal with God in all these attributes, but made himself of no reputation. That is a humbling of oneself. Those that condescend to men of low estate, those are the ones that will be sealed. The ones that prefer their brother above themselves, these are the ones that will be sealed. The ones that bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ, those will be the ones that will be sealed. To have that mind of Christ is to mortify the deeds of the flesh, crucifying the flesh with the affections and the lust, drawing up into Jesus in all truth, in all things. Now we see that when that which is perfect is come, all these other things will be done away with. Everything we see in part, knowledge in part, we're going to come to full knowledge. We're going to come to full measure of faith of Jesus. And that we see in 1 Corinthians 13, when Paul's talking about, not about it, faith, hope, and charity, but the greatest of these is charity. And we call it the love chapter, but it's really not love because charity is not love. It's far beyond. It is the love for God based in doing his will. I can love God in word and tongue, but this charity is loving God in deed and in truth. Not stopping in this race along the way, but going up to the full measure of the statue of Jesus Christ unto perfection adding to my faith virtue to be honest and truthful with God and obedience unto righteousness. And then from virtue add knowledge. But we don't stop there because the people uh, perish for the lack of knowledge. And to the knowledge, then we add the, the temperance. He that striveth for the mastery must be temperate or self-controlled in all things of truth. And then temperance, we add patience. And patience must have our perfect work. And tribulation, that's the key, worketh patience. 
Patience works experience. Experience works hope. Hope maketh not ashamed because the love of God is shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Ghost. And then that patience, we add to our patience, godliness. That's a little G. It's the God life. Our forerunner has already entered in, the Lord Jesus Christ, our elder brother. Now he shows us the way, the truth, and the life, and the God life, that it's Christ in us, the hope of glory. And then we add to our godliness, brotherly kindness. Now we perform brother above ourselves. Then to that, the final state of glory. And that is adding to brotherly kindness, charity. Now we have to have fervent charity among each other because charity will cover a multitude of sins. Peter tells us that in his epistle. Paul talks about that there abideth faith, hope, and charity, but the greatest of these is charity. And he talks about to be fully grown, we have to reach that point. Adding to a faith, virtue, virtue, knowledge, knowledge, temperance, temperance, patience, patience, godliness, godliness, brotherly kindness, brotherly kindness, charity. Now, charity is the bond or the guarantee of perfectness. That is guaranteeing us to come to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. And if these things be in us, there will be no chance or there of failing of the grace of God because these things will abound in us. We find in 1 Corinthians 13 what this charity is and it's obtained through suffering. Thinking that's that strange at fiery trial which is to try us as though some strange thing happened to us, but rejoice inasmuch as we are partakers of Christ's sufferings and his glory resteth upon our head. There we're called not only to believe on Jesus, but also to suffer for his name's sake. That's where the prosperity gospel totally misses the mark. The mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus is being a fellow laborer with the Lord Jesus Christ and partaker of his sufferings. Then we will be a partaker of the glory. If we suffer with him, we will reign with him. Notice in 1 Corinthians 13, Paul speaks and says, Though I speak with the tongue of men and of angels, the tongues of the various languages there, and though he speaks with all the tongues of men and of angels, and have not this final epoch, this final growth state in full-grown perfection to the measure of the statue of Jesus, he says, I am become as a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. Now that literally sets us uh, on the road to perfection, not laying again that foundation of faith toward God, repentance from dead works, the doctrine of laying on the hands and of baptisms, and of the resurrection and the eternal judgment, and this will we do if God permit. Let us go on to perfection. Not forgetting these things, but leaving, therefore, the first principles of the doctrine of Christ. Hebrews 6. 
when we're talking about salvation, we're talking to the fullness of the measure, the statue of Jesus Christ, because Jesus is not coming back for a church that is still carnal, that have divisions, envy, strife, hate, malice, these cliques that we find in many of the church local bodies. There, who can outdo the other? Staying up with the Joneses and the prosperity gospel. But the true gospel of Jesus Christ are the ones that will suffer for the Lord Jesus Christ. And they are the ones that will be crowned with the glory, with that, that literal crown of life. That they have suffered with the Lord Jesus and they will reign with him. He requires perfection. He gave us a fivefold ministry for the perfecting of the saints, which most do not believe that it is attainable. They do not believe in a general church assembly and a Protestant churches as a whole that we must come to the measure of the statue of Jesus Christ unto a perfect man. They think that's totally unattainable, that you can only get that and, and running that race in the sweet by and by that you cannot uh, uh, obtain that in this present life while we're in the flesh. But we're not in the flesh, in the spirit. If so be that we walk in the law, the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, then we will not fulfill the lust of the flesh and the Holy Ghost will lead us and guide us into all truth before the second advent, because the church Jesus is coming back for is a church without spot and without blemish that has made herself ready in a perfect image of Jesus Christ, whom he did foreknow, then he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, that he would be the firstborn among many brethren. And those that he did predestinate, them he called. Them that he called, he justified. Them that he justified, he also glorified to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. Nothing short of that's going in. As long as we're striving for that righteousness, striving for that word of righteousness, pressing toward that mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus, that we will obtain it through faith in our Lord Jesus Christ, who wants to, and it is good pleasure for the Lord Jesus to give us that kingdom. Paul said, if we have all of the knowledge in the world with all of the languages of men and of angels, and we don't have that charity, that not loving God in word and tongue, but in deed and in truth, pressing toward the mark for the prize, the high calling of God in Christ Jesus, then amounts to nothing. Notice how he expounds on that. He says, and though I have the gift of prophecy, many think that that's all there is. We have a gift of prophecy, thank God for it. And that's wonderful. And understand all mysteries. Oh my goodness, all mysteries? And the mysteries of Christ and the word of God. And we all understand all the mysteries uh, as the wisdom of Solomon, but yet a greater than Solomon is here in the Lord Jesus Christ. And he says, and though I have all faith, and we focus on faith. They'll say faith tabernacle, 
is the faith church, and it's all by faith. And without faith, it's impossible to please God, which is true. But there is a higher level of glory from faith to hope to charity. And though we have all faith, so much faith that Paul said, and I can remove mountains and have not charity, in God's sight, I am nothing. That means it's all or nothing in the Lord Jesus Christ that we must take on a perfect image of Jesus. And with that said, how many will do it? Jesus stated, when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth? That pretty well sums it up. Whenever they ask him, few there be that be saved, Lord, he says, strive to enter in at the straight gate. There's the gate and there the way to lead the life. You there be that find it. He couldn't be any more straightforward than that. He meant what he said and said what he meant. He goes on and said, though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor. Some think that, well, I've done this, uh, uh, this philanthropy that I've done and this benefactor of giving away all my goods. And Paul said, even though you do that, and though you give your body to be burned, you make your body, the physical body, a, a sacrifice that you burn it and have not charity, it profits you nothing. With Jesus, it's all or nothing. We are to take heed how we hear. The same measure we meet with all should be measured to us again. And that means in all truth and the preceding word of God that we must receive it. And if we do not, then he said, uh, him that hath not shall be taken away, even that which he has. We're either in the present truth and the word of God, or we're lost. Somebody said, oh, that can't be. Yes, it is. Because it's only walking in the light as he's in the light that we have the blood flow that cleanses us from all sin. If we walk in the light as Jesus says he is in the light, then we have fellowship one with another. That means blood flow through the body of Christ. Speaking the same thing in one mind and one accord. How did? If we don't, then there's confusion. Envy, strife, hate, malice. Different cliques. And people get hurt and say, I won't go back to church anymore because uh, this was not right. And many have been walked on and have had their faith bruised simply because that we were not walking in charity. And not in faith, but in charity. Preferring our brother above ourselves. Condescending to men of low estate. Looking for that to lift up our brothers rather than ourselves. When we see that, then Paul tells what the mark is. The mark is charity. The mark is the mark of perfection. And he tells us exactly what that is. He does not use the word love. Many can love in word and in tongue. But this is indeed and in truth through what? Through obedience to the word of God, to the measure of the statue of Jesus Christ unto perfection. That's charity coming unto perfection and always striving to hit that mark. That mark is not an Allah or the first letter of the Hebrew ABC theory, it is the last letter, the Tav, which is written as a cross and means uh, uh, there, the meaning in the Hebraic 
tov is salvation. Not beginning the race with a A, B, C, D, or E, but going all the way to Z. From the aloft, going all the way to the top. And that's the reason you see in Ezekiel 9, it said a mark upon those that are crying out for the sins of abomination done in Jerusalem. Who are those? That's the top. Those are the ones that are, have a burden for other souls, not for themselves, but for others. And that's where we miss the mark. It's all about me, 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 I, 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 rather than lifting up the body of Christ. And when you do that, the Lord will reward you. We provoke each member unto good works. And the Lord there rewards us because it we don't speak of ourselves. Any man speaks of himself, seeketh his own glory. But him that speaketh, he that speaketh of him that sent him, there's no unrighteousness in him. Jesus said, those that believe on me, you don't believe on me, you believe on him that sent me. Because Jesus is the Father revealed in flesh. And that's the reason people can't see it, that are claimed to be believers, because they do not believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, that they say they do, but they don't. They believe they don't believe on the name of the Son of God. The name of the Son of God is Jesus Jehovah, his salvation, not Jehovah Jr. No second person of the Godhead. Anybody believes in the second person of the Godhead has not believed on the name of the Son of God. Neither have they come into charity, which will cover a multitude of sins and is the bond or guarantee of perfectness if this abounds in you one toward another. And we'll see that in Second Thessalonians, the first chapter, the faith grows exceedingly and the charity of every one of you abounded one toward another. We're bound to thank God for your brother and all your persecution and tribulation that you endure, which is a manifest token of the righteous judgment of God. Why? Because tribulation and persecution is what works patience. Tribulation worketh patience. Patience works experience. And to have experience and wean from the milk and a full age requires suffering for the Lord Jesus Christ and mortifying the deeds of the flesh called sanctification. And we do not believe that that is essential in the body of Christ. Charity is the final stage of full growth and maturity unto perfection that we are all called for. He gave us a fivefold ministry. He gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. For what reason? For the perfecting of the saints. Not just a local church pastor and that's it. Or a local denomination. The body of Christ is one throughout heaven and earth. Speaking the same things in one mind and one accord. Not denominational divisional walls. Where this one says we have the truth. And this is salvation. Another one says, no, this is. That's division in the body. And divisions in the body are heresies. Heresies are denominations. Divisions. We have different divisions in the body of Christ. And they're made to pray for every ravenous beast on every high hill. But the Lord now is gathering his people together. Those that hear the word of God under perfection are moving. They're moving to the cause of the cross unto perfection and knowing and realizing that in their denominations, if they're not receiving this, they're going to where the storehouse where they can be fed. Why they do that? Because they want the salvation of their souls. That's why 
they don't want to have uh, with the good word of God that sawdust within the provender and the good meat of the word of God. They don't want sawdust. They want the true word of God. Somebody said, what do you mean sawdust? I mean that which is of the flesh. Mixing the flesh and the desires of the flesh with the good word of God and making the Lord serve with our sins in a fleshly manner. We have to mortify the deeds of the flesh. That means completely kill the deeds of the flesh. Mortify them. That crucify them. The flesh with the affections and the lust. Only those will be acceptable unto God. So he says, this is what you want to strive for. This is what, and when you leave being little children and you grow up to full age men. When I was a child, it speaks as a child, Paul said, I understood as a child, but when I pulled away childish things and then became a man. Charity, you reach that epoch, you reach that mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. And that is what the tribulation and persecution that you have endured is a manifest token of the righteous judgment of God that you might be counted worthy of the kingdom of God for which you also suffer. Paul stated that. And what is this? What is this? Not love, but love and the love of God in doing his will, obedience unto righteousness, unto holiness in Romans 6, without which no man shall see the Lord. It takes a full, devoted, uh, consecrated life to God in order to make heaven. There's none of this easy believism, shake the preacher's hand, say the sinner's prayer, and you've got it made. No, you just get in the race after you've repented, been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, born of the water, the body of the sins of the flesh destroyed by baptism, the heart circumcised by baptism, and you receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, born of the Spirit. Now you're just in the race beginning uh, to run the race. And he said, charity, the will of God and doing the purpose and will of God in your life suffers long, is kind. It does not envy, envies not. It vaunteth not itself. It doesn't lift up itself. It's not puffed up with pride. It does not behave itself unseemly. It always does that which is uh, uh, becoming to the Holy Ghost. Never speaking out foolish things and jesting which are not convenient. Their conversation always seasoned with salt. Considering... Uh, their other brothers and sisters in the body of Christ. And he says here, it doesn't rejoice. It doesn't rejoice in provoking one another. They think this one thinks he has more word than that one does or is more spiritual than the other one. It provokes uh, to jealousy, provokes to envy. And it thinks no evil. Charity thinks no evil. Doesn't hold grudges, or Thayer says, I'm going to get even. When you see that, it rejoices uh, that not in iniquity. It rejoices in the truth, not in iniquity. 
Now, Nick would rule abound to live in many a wax cove, and these cliques and various ones will build up a certain uh, doctrine of their own that they'll have. They'll think they've got a, a corner on God. Maybe they think they can sing better than the rest, or this one's a better orator than the others. And because of that, they take on a celebrity status. Rather than condescending the men of low estate, they're lifted up in cell. They are what we call gods, little G-O-D-S. These are the entertainers. These are the ones that are lifted up in self in the body of Christ, that those which are approved among you, not approved of God, but approved of you, may be made manifest, can be seen. And they lift up these ones as kind of like their movie stars. They're the ones that are the orators or the singers. And they're, but yet, we find no anointing because there's no suffering with Christ. And if there's no sufferings, then there's no glory. Then it says, it rejoices not iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. The truth, sometimes they say, there is profitable for reproof, rebuke, and correction. You reprove a wise man, he'll love you for it. You reprove a scorner, you get yourself a blot. He'll want to fight. Well, the true ones in God want the truth and they rejoice in it. They don't become irritated or mad or become uh, where they have a chip on their shoulder because you literally spoke the truth to them. The ones that want the truth, when you preach the word of God, they will love you for it. But Paul said, have I become your enemy because I tell you the truth? Well, yes. And because of that, they did not want the truth, but they had pleasure in darkness. They don't come to the light because their deeds are evil. They love darkness rather than light. Well, we find that and, and go to the church and they, the pastor pats on the back and said, well, that's okay. You're saved because the blood of Jesus cleanses you, and that's okay. You can lie, cheat, steal, do whatever, and have grudges against your brother and sister, and it'll be okay because Jesus loves you. No, we walk according to the word in obedience unto righteousness, unto holiness, and then we're acceptable unto God. And we don't do that. We're not accepted. That's why you see in Matthew 7 that Jesus said, not all saying to be Lord, Lord, will be able to enter in. And these are ones born again, and come to the status of not newborn babes, but little children. Know that Jesus is the Lord Jehovah God Almighty, the Father of glory. And Jesus said, not all say that, even though they have reached that point of glory, because they did not do the will of God, will not be able to enter in. And he'll say, I never knew you. Notice that they work. Well, they had worked in faith. And they had faith, maybe faith to move, move mountains. So much that they could literally have, understand all mysteries. But they didn't have charity. They became as nothing because charity didn't abound. And Jesus stated, they began to say unto Jesus, the Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? We prophesied in your name. The Lord didn't say, no, you haven't. We've done many wonderful works in your name. In your name, we've cast out devils. Jesus didn't say, no, you haven't. But they worked in faith. 
They just didn't work on up to brotherly kindness and charity. You have to reach that mark of perfection, full grown. Children, their beginning can work in the gifts of the Holy Ghost. But that is required that we go on and grow up into Jesus in all things and all truth. And very few realize that. They think, well, I was born again so many years ago. And thank God I'm safe, sanctified, and on my way to heaven. Not pressing toward the mark for the prize I have calling of God in Christ Jesus in the preceding word of God in present truth, which God now is sealing his saints for this last day work of the ministry. And very few understand that. And we'll find that the ones that do not do the will of God, even though they did many wonderful works in his name, and his name cast out devils, and in the name of the Lord uh, prophesied in his name, and the Lord say, I never knew you. You didn't reach that full-grown state. You didn't reach that epoch, that state of glory and full perfection that I called you for. You didn't do the will of God. You didn't do my purpose and will for your life. And because of that, I never knew you. Depart from me, you that work iniquity. For you did not do the will of God. Now, I know that that is a hard word for many, but it's the truth. Those that love the truth will move on it. The ones that don't will hate. Now, we've had uh, and been in the ministry about 50 years, and I've learned over the years that he that speaketh himself seeketh his own glory. I've heard people say, I do this and I do that, Brother Beard. If you'll uh, there in Africa, India, Pakistan, whatever, we'll do this and we'll do that. Found that America there, the slap hands and said, well, we want to be in your ministry, and then knife you in the back. These think that they have the right to do so. But my friend, know that, uh, go be careful and defraud that and that not your brethren. Defraud not your brethren, for God is the avenger of all such. Know that God will judge all things even that which is spoken in the closet in darkness will be revealed to all the world in light. Therefore, we let our words be few. Let our yea be yea and our nay be nay. Whatsoever cometh more than this is sin. That's not something that's, that is uh, uh, literally spoken or preached are promulgated in the churches today because we want to tell everybody everybody's going to heaven. We want to make sure that everybody goes to the church and you're blessed and you're going to have plenty of money in the bank. But we're going to see that God in his judgments are going to overturn, overturn, overturn this earth. The world world will be turned upside down. And in these judgments of God, men will learn righteousness as Jesus reveals who he is, the only true eternal God Almighty, the Father of glory, that he's always been God and always will be God. And there's not another. Paul states this charity must be the final mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Notice he says that charity will never fail. You'll never fail of the grace of God. But whether they be prophecies, they shall fail. Whether there be tongues, they shall cease. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. The only thing that will stand in eternity is charity. 
because it's the love of God based in doing his will and purpose, allowing you the crown of life. We all strive for that. Well, we see here, he said, we know in part, he's talking in the Pentecostal realm, there in uh, that 2,000 years ago, Holy Ghost given at the day of Pentecost. At that point in the embryonic church, he said, we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But notice what he says. But when that which is perfect is come, that's a parousia, it's coming. Jesus is coming. Is that the second advent? No, it consummates in that. Well, what is the coming then? Well, come and let's return to the Lord. For he hath torn, he will heal us. He hath smitten, he will bind us up. And after the second day, they said we're in the second day, no, we're in the third day. After the second day of 2,000 years, he will revive us. That's been revivals over the years. There's been a revivals, many revivals throughout the, the years. And we had a, a great reign of the Holy Ghost. And they were called a great revival. We had the 50s revival there. Many men of God came on the scene who had great healings and miracles. But this is not revival. This is a new thing. This is a thing that God will do that has never, ever been done before. And the saints of God will be strong and do exploits, things that's never been done before. And it's called the third day. And in the third day, I will raise you up. I'll give power to my two witnesses, the church of living God, these two olive trees, the two candlesticks, and they will prophesy for 42 months time, times they have three and a half years, a thousand two hundred three score days in the last literal Jesus ministry, fulfilling his last week. Jesus went three and a half years of the week of the heptad, seven years. He was cut off at three and a half years. The body of Christ will fulfill that other three and a half years in that seed that shall be counted for the generation, the Christ generation. God's doing it now to those that have an ear to hear. All we have to do is believe the word of God and step out on it and believe it in faith and proclaim that word for the sealing that after we have received the word of God, then we're sealed. Not as newborn babies, we were sealed then. Then we were sealed again as little children according to the birth. But then, uh, according to the young men, uh, we're sealed again in a progressive growth and pro progressive glory to, unto glory, faith unto faith, growing from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord, to the full measure of the statue of Jesus Christ. Now there's young men. Those are the ones that the Word of God is strong in them, and they've overcome the wicked one. They're the overcomers in Revelation the second and the third chapter. But then there's a final mark, the fathers. The fathers are the ones that have known him that's from the beginning, 1 John 2, 12 through 14. Those are the ones that know the word of God, eyes before and behind. They're the living creatures. Those are the ones, those are the ones that will preach this everlasting gospel to all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then the end will come. But they will walk in the light as he's in the light. They will provide the word of God to all the nations in power and demonstration of the Holy Ghost. They will be here 
that when that which is perfect is come, charity, the body of Christ abounding in charity, they're one toward another. That they have endured the persecutions and tribulations which were a manifest token of the righteous judgment of God. But they don't stop there. That they might be accounted worthy of the kingdom of God for which they suffer, being kings and priests of the Lord our God and reigning with him for a thousand years. Hearing, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. Be thou ruler over five cities. Be thou ruler over ten cities. Or they'll be the priesthood of Zadok and minister to the Lord in his temple. Do for 1,000 years. We're at that point now in the current proceeding word of God. For those that have an ear to hear, know that we're there. They know that God's doing something. Maybe they don't know what it is, but God is proclaiming it. On the 19th of January, 2019, God spoke to me in a visitation that lasted two hours. The bottom line being seal my people by my word. Even as I send my angel ascending from the east, having the seal of the living God, so send I you. We took that very seriously, and it shook us to our very core. Now we proclaim it and proclamate that, this gospel, this word of God to you. God is doing it now, but who has an ear to hear for what the Spirit is saying to the churches? Notice what Paul says. That charity has come. You're not prophesying in, in part, knowledge in part, tongue cease, knowledge vanishing. That's not it. You're coming to the measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ under perfection. For the Lord is coming again the second advent without sin and salvation for the salvation of his saints. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, the trump of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. And we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together and meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. But we have to press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus now. And as many as be perfect, be thus minded. That's the mind of Christ that you only get through the sufferings that you go through in the tribulations and trials for his name's sake. And uh, this tribulation worketh patience. Patience worketh experience. Let this mind be in you, which was in Christ Jesus, also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought not robbery to be equal to God, but made himself of no reputation. Took on him the form of a servant, made him like the of man, being found in Fashion as a man humbling himself to death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God hath highly exalted him, exalt him because he lives, you will live. If you have the mind of Christ. What is that mind of Christ? First Peter 4 1, for as much then as Christ has suffered for us in the flesh. Arm yourselves therefore with the same mind. That's the mind of Christ. And only the ones that have that mind of Christ will be sealed in their foreheads as a servants of God in Revelation 7, the apocalyptic sealing. Be you therefore likewise minded that this mind be in you which was in Christ Jesus. For as much then as he has suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves with that same mind, for he that has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. Count it all a joy when you fall into diverse temptations. Though your faith be tried as by fire. Don't get mad at God. Thank him, and all things give thanks, for this is the will of God for you. 
For all things work together for good to them that love God, to them that are called according to his purpose. Be content with what things that we have. For God has said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. He's working in your life to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. And we are to go on. They take this word of God and our testing and trials for reproof, rebuke, and correction to come to the measure of the statue of Jesus Christ and to a perfect man. Nothing less is going in. And that's what he's saying. We, there in the Pentecostal, back then, Paul speaking in 1 Corinthians 13, said we only now have that knowledge in part. We only know in part. But when that which is perfect has come, then all these things which are in part will be done away with. What one? While what is happening now? Paul could say we're seeing through a glass darkly. We don't see all things now. It's Pentecost, but now we're not in Pentecost. We're in Tabernacles. We're not Pentecostal. We're Tabernacles. Now we do see all things, not in part, but in fullness. In Second. Corinthians 3, God has shown forth his glory in the face of Jesus Christ. Somebody said, well, that's good for the Lord. He knew it all. He was God manifest in the flesh. Yes, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power might be of God, not of ourselves. That's what we have to focus on, doing the will of God in perfection. Not just saying a sinner's prayer, not just saying, well, we're born again, We've got to come to little children, young men, to full-grown fathers, growing up in him and all things, so that we will not be tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine, being established in that truth of Christ, in the doctrine of Christ. And therefore, when the winds come, the floods beat against the house, it will stand because it's built upon the rock. Well, we now are not seeing through that glass in the word of God darkly. We're not seeing knowledge in part, knowing only in part, because the Lord is that spirit. We have this treasure in earth and vessels that the excellency of the power might be of God, not of ourselves. The Lord is that spirit. He is, Jesus, the Lord is that spirit. Not spirit, junior, not second person of the Godhead. He is that spirit. When we get that revelation, then... Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. And whom the Son of God has set free is free indeed. Indeed, Why? Well, notice, we all now, at this present time, with open face, the face and there is the glory, beholding as in a glass, the glory of the Lord. Not seeing through a glass darkly, but seeing the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image from glory to glory. Let no man, let no pastor, let no shepherd of the sheepfold tell you any different. God is looking to you individually as he moves on you through his spirit to obey the voice of the Lord God Almighty himself to bring us all into perfection. My neighbor, let's go on to the measure through the statue of Jesus Christ unto perfection. God moving on you, join me. Take part in the ministry as we bring the word of God and 
in this storehouse of truth given for you. We're just uh, uh, servants of God. We pop the rag, shine your shoes. We're servants for you to lift up the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not of our righteousness or our holiness that God gave us this great visitation there back in Kenya, Africa. But for his name's sake, and now just simply being obedient, we, the body of Christ, will come into that full-grown measure the stature of our Lord Jesus. And then he will send us forth through all the world for a witness and all nations proclaiming this great word of God, the true kingdom of God. Not a false kingdom, not a false trinity, but the true doctrine of Christ. And those that do there will receive a great reward because Paul said, woe be unto me if I preach not this gospel because there's a dispensation of grace committed unto me. But if I have, I preach this gospel, I have nothing to glory in. We're all unprofitable servants. We've only done that, which is our duty to do. It's all the Lord and nothing of us. It's all him. Now, if the Holy Ghost has moved on you, bore witness with your spirit, you'd like to be a part and take part with us in proclaiming this great truth to the nations. There, please give me a call. Leave a message. I'll get back to you. Let's work together. My country code is plus one. 903-746-4885 is my phone number. Again, plus one. 903-746-4885. There, ministers, you'd like to get in contact with us. Believers as well because all of us are called to minister. If you're a member of the body of Christ, you're called to minister. I didn't say you were called apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teachers, but I did say you're called in a ministry, in administration, according to that which is called of the Spirit of God, according to the ability that he gives. Fitly framed together in that body, you have a work to do. Join with us. If you'd like to send us an email, do so at sealygodspeople at dennisbeard.org that'll be on your screen now we're praying for each one of you for anything that is lacking in any of us that God will perfect that which is lacking in each one of us to the measure of the statue of Jesus Christ that we all may be presented blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus spoke spirit soul and body there the Lord Jesus bless each and every one of you until the next time This is Brother Dennis Beard saying, Behold the real Jesus.